uh, today I'm really, really excited about um, who the Lord has brought uh, for us to hear from. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about him, um, and I'm going to invite up our speaker. So Pastor Mingjing Tong um, has pastored here in the Twin Cities uh, for a number of years, and most recently is the founder of Intercultural Partners. So it's a organization helping corporations, nonprofits, and leaders to thrive in intercultural spaces. He and his uh, family, uh, his wife, Catherine, and three children live in Northeast Minneapolis. And in a recent meal and conversation I had with Ming Jing, I learned that he is actually quite the chef. And uh, I'm excited for what the, the Lord has actually kind of cooked up for you and what's been prepared for you today. So um, uh, would you please join me, though, this morning and giving a warm Northwestern welcome to Pastor Ming Jing. And uh, as we always do, would you please just extend a hand out toward him as we pray over him and over our own hearts as we prepare to hear uh, from the Lord through him. So Father, thank you so much that we can gather together this morning and that we with one voice can glorify you as our God and our Father. And we thank you, Jesus, that you have made a way where there was no way that we can come to you, that your throne is one of grace. And we are so grateful that as you've gathered us together, you've also brought your servant, your son, Ming Jing, to us. Uh, thank you for um, his life, his ministry, um, the, the, the word that you have put uh, on his heart to share with us today. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would work afresh in him also and also in us that our hearts and minds would be fully attentive and aware, alert to how you're moving, how you're prompting, how you're convicting, how you're shaping and forming us further into the image of your son. And it's in his name we pray. And all God's family said, amen. 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 There's a huge hole right in front of me here. I don't know if you can see that. I I just keep having a vision of myself falling into it. So I'm kind of scared of it. It's right there. I don't want to fall out. Okay. Good morning. And I'll just have to say, for those of you that just led us in worship, thank you so much. That was so beautiful. I, I I don't know how much you, I want you to know how deeply that blessed me. Can we thank these two for leading us? Since we just prayed, I'm only going to say a short prayer. Lord, help us now as we turn to your word. As humans, there's an invisible but very tangible resource that we all need to survive. Without it, we begin to perish in ways that we aren't even aware of. We begin to feel depleted and colorless. Parts of our heart and even our mind begin to wither, and the glow of our countenance begins to fade. So if we don't eat, we feel hungry. If we don't drink, we feel thirsty. If we can't breathe, we gasp for air. But when we don't get enough of this resource, we haven't quite learned how to figure out what's happening to us. We know we're missing something, but we don't know what it is. I'm talking about our need for beauty, to see it, to drink it into our soul, to become it, and to put it on display 
for other people. So last month now, I mean, Minnesota in the fall. Can it get any better than this? If you're not from Minnesota, uh, I want to encourage you, go and see the beauty. So last month, my wife organized a three-day trip for us. We went out to Silver Bay uh, on the North Shore. It was a supply run. We were going to gather up beauty for our family to cause us to thrive and not to fade away. This morning, the Word of God is going to show us something stunningly beautiful. And I mean that, stunningly beautiful. Just three little words. You're not going to know what they mean yet unless you're fluent in Greek. The three words are time, alleluus, pray, proegumenai, guminoi. Man, Greek is hard. It's not Chinese, you know. These words are like diamonds in settings of gold. Or, uh, like Justin referred to, if you prefer, these words are like a ribeye steak in settings of garlic mashed potatoes. Stunningly beautiful. So please turn with me, Romans 12. I know you were there just two Mondays ago with Justin. Romans 12, 10, the second half of that verse And I'll read the NAS translation of it here. You may have in your ESV, if you've got that, outdo one another in showing honor. The NAS tells us, give preference to one another in honor. So what's the main point of this text? I actually thought about this quite a bit. And you know what? I couldn't shrink it down any tighter than it already is. Give preference to one another in honor. So since we can't shorten it, maybe we can kind of go around it and look at the different parts from it. Uh, Here's other ways to hear the same words. In honor, choose others over yourself. In honor, don't prefer yourself over other people. In honor, Do not merely look out for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. That's Philippians 2. Or, I spent a lot of time, I spent a lot of time with these words last week. So let me give you my own English translation of time alleluus pra egumenoi. Keeping honor at the front of your mind, prefer one another over yourself. As short as this passage is, there is a lifetime of learning and challenge and practice in these three words. But this morning, I want to focus on even shorter, just one. Probably the word that is most misunderstood, most unfamiliar, but the most beautiful word in these three. And that's the first word, time, honor. So a few years ago, I was working. It was in the morning. I had a pastry, I think. I was at the East Side Co-op on Central Avenue right by my home. And as I sat there with my computer typing, uh, snacking, there was a woman that passed by me. And uh, she asked me if I was Asian. 
Well, it turns out I was. <laughs> so she made uh, some nice comments and then she went to do her shopping. Maybe 15 minutes later, th- this is a true story, okay? <laughs> she came back, I'm still sitting there typing, still Asian. <laughs> and she comes up to me, I'm not even kidding you. She comes up to me, to my table. So you're me now, okay? She comes up to me, doesn't say anything. I honor you. <laughs> she, just, she just walks away. Okay. That's a true story. I don't know what to do with that. Uh, on another occasion, I was grilling about 200 pounds of pork and chicken uh, for my friend's pop-up Asian restaurant at the St. Paul Farmer's Market. And over the course of four hours, I'm sitting there, it's blazing hot. I actually, when I got home, I had burned the skin on my ample stomach. Lots of skin to burn. And, uh, that, you know, anyway, so I'm grilling, and every time, not, not every time, but about a dozen people over the course of the next four hours, people would come up to me on the other side of the grill, and this, this is what they did. Thank you. You know, somebody, oh, thank you. And my friend Chandra, she's cooking with me, and she's like, are they bowing? <laughs> yeah, I guess so, you know, they're bowing. Uh, those really are funny memories for me. But let me ask now a sober and carefully worded question. Am I the queen of England? <laughs> if, I were to, if I were to take, that's a joke, okay? If I were to take an, an honest guess, what's happening? Why are people bowing to me around the Twin Cities? Um, this is what my best guess would be. These dear people, and, and that's not in jest, these dear people, noticing that I'm Asian, wanting somehow to connect with me, wanting to show me gratitude, are finding within their own mind the most culturally contextualized and appropriate way to connect with me to show either their gratitude for the hundreds of pounds of pork Uh, or something. And the way that they've chosen to do it is to show me honor by bowing. I wonder what you think of when you hear the word honor. In an Asian context, that might uh, mean bowing or doing something Asian with your hands. This is is the most Asian I can get. (laughs) Very Asian, right? Gotta do something Asian with your hands. Why do they do this? I don't don't really know. Um, In a British context, it might have something to do with knighthood uh, or the Queen of England. In a biblical context, we might think of the fourth commandment. Uh, Honor thy father and thy mother. Right? It's never honor your mom and dad. Right? Um, Honor feels like it should have something archaic or maybe exotic connected to it. Uh, I wonder how many of us have taken the time to really think through what does honor mean? You see, Paul has picked for us a very specific qualification that he has for us to use when we think about how we treat other people. So I love thinking in inversion. 
What did he not say? Might help us to pick a couple categories that Paul is not highlighting. For instance, Paul did not say, give preference to others when they are right. On the, uh, in the opposite, he didn't say, withhold preference from others when they're wrong. Here's something else Paul didn't say, another category. He didn't say, give preference to others if you agree with them. And he didn't say, withhold preference from others if you disagree with them. Paul has instead called us to keep time, honor, at the front of our minds. Not judgment, not agreement, but honor. You see, if Paul had chosen a different qualification, this verse might not be so hard to do, but it might not also be so brilliant and beautiful. So let's try on those negative categories for a minute. Let's try on judgment and agreement. Giving preference to someone when you have judged them and that they are right uh, is easy. When we've judged that others are guilt-free, they're innocent in the situation, we feel more drawn to go ahead and give preference to them because we can't see anything wrong with what they've done. Preferring others over ourselves in that moment is not difficult for us. Or if there is someone with whom we largely agree, it's pretty easy to prefer them as well. They are choosing what we are choosing. So is that really even preference? Right, when we defer to them, they are doing what we would like to do. When agreement is at the front of our mind, giving preference to them is easy when we agree with them. But here's the question. What happens when we are the one with the power to make decisions? When we have the ability to assert our preference and we think other people are wrong and we disagree with them. How then do we think about the way we treat people in those circumstances? That is precisely the situation for which Paul gives the category of honor in Romans 12.10. Keeping honor, not judgment, not agreement, at the front of your mind, prefer one another over yourselves. Not because you're powerless and because you have to. Not because you agree with the other person. Not because you have judged them to be right. But because you've kept honor at the forefront of your mind as you think about them. So, the question then becomes, what is honor? What does it mean to honor someone? Uh, I'm a huge word nerd. I love words. Some people will say, follow the money. I like to say, follow the words. So I was puzzled when I did that for Timae in the whole Bible. The experience of following Timae around, tracing its roots, its uses in the New Testament, it's a Greek word, 
and its uses in the Old Testament, as translated in the Septuagint in Greek, it reminded me of an experience I had at a coffee shop in South Minneapolis on 38th, I think right at Cedar. Uh, I walked into this coffee shop and I was reading the description on this light roast coffee. And it said like uh, apricot, rose petals, chocolate, anise. And I, I, I asked the barista, I said, does this coffee come with all these things? Uh, he, it looked like he wanted to ask me if I was stupid. Well, it turns out I was stupid. Uh, he explained to me that those are flavor notes of the coffee. Have you guys seen that before? This coffee's got all these rich flavor notes. Well, timay in the Bible, if you follow that word around in the Bible, there are some amazing meaning notes that waft out of the Bible. So let me tell you about timay. It is appropriate to translate timay as honor, the word that we're not that familiar with. But it would be a shame if you missed out on its notes of beauty. So when God tells Moses to make for his brother Aaron garments, he has two ideas in his mind. This is from the mind of God. Make garments for your brother Aaron. Two reasons. Number one, for glory. Of course, right? For glory. But the second reason in the mind of God, when you make these garments, make them for beauty. Timay is the word that's used there. There's a note, an essence of beauty in honor. Your understanding of Timay would be lacking if you did not know, listen to this, from 1 Corinthians, you were bought with a great what? That's right. Timay, same word. You were bought with a great Timay. There is weight and costliness to honor. That is the reason you should glorify God in your body. And you would surely come up short if you did not know that Peter tells us that Christ, the cornerstone, he himself is precious. Timay again. Precious to those of us who have believed in him. So let me read you my translation again. Keeping Timay, this rich concept, at the front of your mind, prefer one another over yourselves. Timay with essences, aromas of beauty and great cost and preciousness all summed up in the word we call honor. You see, to honor someone goes far beyond bowing or royalty. At the very heart of honor is value. And at the very heart of honoring one another is appropriately valuing other people. Every single person on this diverse and conflicted planet is made in the image of God and is therefore incalculably, incalculably valuable. Every single one of you. 
No matter if you are powerful or powerless, no matter if I think you are right or wrong about any given issue, no matter if we agree about things or not, you are made in God's image and that overwhelmingly inundates you with value. Keeping the beauty of a person's humanity at the front of your mind, keeping the high cost of that person's redemption at the front of your mind, keeping the preciousness of a person's membership in the body of Christ at the front of your mind, keeping honor at the front of your mind, what? Prefer one another over yourself. This morning, the word of God is calling you to recognize the value of other people and treat each other accordingly. So here's the last thing I want to do this morning. Uh, It's something I got to do last week as well. I was moving a ton of debris and my truck bed was full of broken I'm not, this, is, this is great. Full of broken concrete blocks. And so my friend Peter and I, we went to the city dump together, and wouldn't you know it, when I backed in, the truck right next to me had the perfect other garbage. Window panes. I mean, he just had tons and tons of window panes. He's throwing up. So you can guess what I did, right? Took my concrete, and man, we smashed that glass for like 15 minutes. Very therapeutic, highly recommended. So now that we have framed up our window, peering into Romans 12, peering into those three words, I'm going to take a couple big cement chunks, and I'm going to throw them right at the window. And let's see what happens. Will it smash? So here it goes. What if the person I'm supposed to give preference to really is wrong? They're wrong about the issue at hand. They're wrong about me. They're wrong about others. They're wrong about the Bible. They're wrong about God. Am I still supposed to give preference to them in honor? It's a good question. And I want you to throw your own rocks at the window I set up. There's a lot of good, necessary questions that we need to ask. We live in a very complex world, and we need some heroic wisdom. So I don't have time to throw every cement block from my truck at that question, but I'm going to stick with the one I asked already. Can you really give preference to someone when you think they're wrong? Look at the time. I've got a little bit of time. I'm going to share this story here. The story, the point of the story is this. What does this look like? What does this actually look like in my everyday life? So I'm driving home, not from the dump, from somewhere else, and I'm at a a red light. Okay, I come up to the light, it's already red. And I see a pedestrian on the corner of my eye, and she's crossing. But the light turns red for her and green for me, and so I take my foot off the brake and I start to go forward. Well, she doesn't stop. 
She walks right in front of my truck, and I have to slam on my brake. And you know what? She looks at me like, Pfft. you know, gives me this look. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding? It's red for you. It's green for me. I am in the right here. And I just tell you, I, when I saw the look on her face, it just made me feel angry, right? Indignation is the feeling that kind of bubbled up in my heart. I didn't like the look on her face. But I looked again, and I saw a human face. It's an angry but human face. And I was forced, I was forced to recognize this woman, she's not in the right right now. I'm not in the wrong right now. But am I valuing her humanity before I lay on my horn and say, get off the street. Why has Paul told us to keep honor at the front of our minds as opposed to judgment or agreement? Because in our culture, we make decisions on how we relate to other people from a nearly singular lens. Are they right or wrong? Are they innocent or are they guilty? If we think they're right, or if they're able to prove that they're right, then okay, we agree, we like them, but if they're wrong, we believe that we must immediately correct them. No time to get to know them first, no time to listen to them, no time to earnestly gain a deep, intimate understanding of who they are, no time to sit with them, no time to cry with them, no time to rejoice with them, no time to come to a place where you personally, innately understand what that person's experience of the world and God and others has been. Nope, in our culture, we are taught that wrongness demands immediate correction. So we go to battle. We put on helmets that obstruct and limit our hearing. And we plunge blades into people, hoping to correct them. Paul's teaching to keep Time at the front of our minds is exactly the antidote that we need to grow out of this toxic environment. It's a word that reminds us of beauty and weighty cost and the preciousness of other people. Only then, when we have duly honored that person in our heart, when we have duly honored other people in our heart, are we ready to move toward them, seeking harmony? not away from them in discord. That is the fullest embrace of give preference to one another in honor. So, final question and we'll be done. Why did I call this verse stunningly beautiful? I called it stunningly beautiful because of its possibility. Here it is. It's given to us. Because of its possibility, and because of its 
many, many possibilities. The existence of this culture healing, relationship making, God honoring reality was made possible by Christ himself. The power behind this verse, this command is the cross. Have we forgotten that the Bible tells us that it was while we were yet sinners, while we were misusing our power, while we were dead wrong about God, while we acted shamefully, it was then that Jesus gave preference to us, laying down his life as the good shepherd. As people of the cross, our origin story is stunningly beautiful. And to give preference to others in honor is to live out of the deepest place of our identity. I called this verse stunningly beautiful because of its possibilities. If we will do this, if we will remember first and chiefly the inherent incalculable value of other people, if we will remember their profound redemption, we can what? We can be Christ for other people. We can lay down our lives for theirs. That would be beautiful. Uh, I'm going off script here. I am dying to see something beautiful. There is a mess everywhere, but we have Christ. So here's my challenge to you. Behold the beauty of Christ. Drink him in deeply into your soul. Then go and put his ravaging beauty on display. Let me pray. Jesus, you are beautiful. Help us to be like you. In Jesus' name, amen.